Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Monday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. On Friday, we left off with Esau vowing to kill his twin brother Jacob, and Jacob beating feet out of town, heading up to Uncle Laban's in Haran. And that's where we'll put in today. Jacob is going to meet some very interesting girls up at Uncle Laban's. So I'm putting in at Genesis 28, beginning at verse 10. Now Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. And when he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top touching up to the heavens, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Now, what an odd dream. But I suspect if you were out camping and you used a rock for your pillow, you'd probably have a weird dream too. Well, here's old Jacob with Jacob's ladder, angels ascending and descending on it. And there above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. Now that seems odd to me, because Jacob certainly did not deserve this kind of treatment from God. Jacob was the deceiver. He deceived his father, his mother, his brother, everyone he came in contact with. Well, go figure. Now when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid, and he said, Ooh, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the very gate of heaven. Well, early the next morning, Jacob took the stone that he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar, a memorial pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, house of God, though the city used to be called Luz. And then Jacob made a vow, and get this. He said, Now, if God will be with me and watch over me on this journey that I am taking, and if God will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's house, well then, the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I'll give you a tenth. That's incredible. Jacob said, if God will give me this, that, and the other thing, stay with me, protect me, give me everything I want, well, I will allow him to be my God. And I'll give him a tenth of everything that he gives me. 
That's Jacob for you. Well, Jacob continued on his journey and came to the land of the eastern peoples. There he saw a well in the field with three flocks of sheep lying near it because the flocks were watering from that well. Well, here we go again. Another woman at the well story. Now the stone over the mouth of the well was very large. And when all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone away from the well's mouth and water the sheep. Then they would return the stone to its place over the mouth of the well to keep things from falling in it. Debris, sheep, people, who knows what else. Well, Jacob walked up, strutting a bit, chest out, and he asked the shepherds, My brothers, where are you from? Oh, we're from Haran, they replied. He said to them, Do you know Laban, Nahor's grandson? Oh, yes, we know him, they answered. And then Jacob asked them, Is he well? Yes, he is. Oh, and here comes his daughter, Rachel, with the sheep. He said, Look, the sun is still high. It's not time for the flocks to be gathered. Water the sheep and take them back to pasture. So here is this total stranger telling the shepherds of this area what to do. He's bossing them around. We can't, they replied, until all the flocks are gathered and the stone is rolled away from the mouth of the well, then we'll water the sheep. Well, while he was still talking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. And when Jacob saw Rachel's Rachel, a daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and Laban's sheep. He went over and rolled the stone away from the mouth of the well and watered his uncle's sheep. So Jacob has been talking to these shepherds, telling them to go away and come back later. But when he gets one look at Rachel, and she was drop-dead gorgeous, he told them to go away, and he went over, and all by himself, he took that stone off the well, I'll bet posing with a right bicep and a left bicep and a lat spread, trying to impress Rachel, of course. He rolled the stone away, and he watered the sheep. Rachel is watching, entranced by this very odd behavior. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and began to weep. And <laughs> what was Rachel thinking? He told Rachel that he was a relative of her father and a son of Rebekah. So she ran and told her father, we've got a relative in town. Now, as soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he hurried to meet him because Laban, of course, knew Isaac and Isaac was the son of Abraham. There was great wealth in the family. So this Jacob shows up and Laban does not miss a beat. He embraced him, he kissed him and brought him to his home and there Jacob told him all these things. I'll bet he made up some tall tales. What are you doing up here? Well, my brother vowed to kill me. No, I don't think he told him that. 
But Laban said to him, You are my own flesh and blood. Please stay. So after Jacob had stayed with him a whole month, Laban said to him, Just because you're a relative of mine, should you work for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. Well, <laughs> who said anything about work? Now, Jacob is going to be put to work. Now, Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger, Rachel. Now, my translation reads, Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel was lovely in form and very beautiful. So, Rachel, the younger daughter, was a knockout. Leah, well, she had a nice personality. <laughs> Jacob was madly in love with Rachel. And he said, I'll tell you what, Uncle Laban, you don't, you don't need to pay me. I'll work for you seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban, a pretty good negotiator, crossed his arms and he said, after visibly thinking hard, well, eh, I guess it's better I give her to you than some other man. All right, stay here with me. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel. But they seemed like only a few days to him because he was so in love with her. So seven years, Jacob lives with Uncle Laban and the family, madly in love with beautiful Rachel, working for free. And it was a pretty good setup. Seven years went by. And then Jacob said to Laban, Uncle Laban, give me my wife. My time is completed. I want to lie with her. Seven years had passed, and Jacob had not had sex with Rachel. Or at least, not that we know. Laban brought together all the people of the place and gave a feast. But when evening came, <laughs> he took his daughter Leah and gave her to Jacob. And Jacob lay with her. And Laban gave his servant girl Zilpah to his daughter as her maidservant. So, the betrothal has happened seven years earlier. Jacob works for Laban all those seven years, and it's time for the wedding. They have a grand old party. Now, I've been to several weddings in the Middle East, and they are big affairs. Remember in the Gospel according to John, the wedding at Cana? The whole town turned out. They ran out of wine, I think because Jesus brought some uninvited guests, but he made six stone water jars of 20 to 30 gallons each. He turned the water into wine. 20 to 30 gallons each. Well, 30 gallons times six, 180 gallons of wine. 
and that was at the end of the banquet, which had lasted several days, and I presume they finished that off too. Oh, and then go over and look at the Gospel according to John. Right after the wedding at Cana, Jesus, his mother Mary, and Peter, Andrew, James, John, they all go back to Capernaum, Peter's home, for an after party. Weddings are a big deal in the Middle East. So, time for the wedding. Everybody turns out for it. They eat, they drink, they dance. It's a wonderful time. And then the big moment comes. The bride and the groom are escorted to the bridal tent. Now by now it's dark and the bride is veiled and all the people usher them into the tent and then they close up the tent flap and everyone dances around the tent, bangs on it and makes lots of fun. And then finally they all go away. Now Jacob has been waiting for seven years for this moment. The veil comes off, but of course, it's dark in the tent. He embraces who he thinks is Rachel. And one thing leads to another, and they consummate the marriage that night. What a dream come true. Beautiful Rachel. Morning came. Jacob got up. He stretched and said, oh, what a wonderful night. And he turned over and he looked at the girl lying in bed with him. It was still dark. The tent was closed up. She was sleeping with her head in the pillow. Jacob walked over to the tent flaps, undid them, opened up the tent flaps. And the bride woke up, sat up in bed, looked at Jacob, and Jacob went, Ah! It's not Rachel! It's Leah! <sighs> when morning came, there was Leah. So Jacob said to Uncle Laban, What have you done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? Oh, that's rich. Jacob's name means the deceiver. He's deceived everyone. And now, huh, it turns around and bites him in the butt. Laban replied, Well, young man, it's not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish this daughter's bride a week, then we'll give you the younger one also in return for another seven years of work. Oy vey! What could Jacob do? Take Leah and leave? No, he wanted Rachel. So Jacob agreed. He finished the week, the bridal week, the seven years. A week is seven days or seven years with Leah. And then Laban gave him his daughter, Rachel, to be his wife. Laban gave his servant girl, Bilhah, to his daughter, Rachel, as her maidservant. Jacob lay with Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than Leah. Now there's that theme again. Abraham loved Ishmael. Sarah loved Isaac. Isaac loved Esau. 
his mother Rebecca loved Jacob. One loving the other more. This theme will continue on. And indeed, it continues on to our very day. Well, Jacob worked for Laban another seven years to get Rachel. Now, when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he opened her womb. But Rachel was barren. Here we have our third barren woman, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel. Well, Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son, and she named him Reuben. For she said, It's because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. Now imagine being married to a man for seven years who didn't want you to begin with, who was tricked into marrying you, when he truly loved someone else, especially if that someone else is your younger sister. But he's been having sex with Leah the whole time. Rachel? Barren. Leah became pregnant. What would it be like for Leah to live in that trinity of people, Jacob, Leah, and Rachel? Can you imagine day-to-day life in the tent? Oh, I shudder to think. She gave birth to Reuben. She said, surely he'll love me now. I've given him a son. Well, you would think that would mean something to Jacob. Well, she conceived again. And when she had given birth to another son, she said, because the Lord heard that I am not loved. So after Reuben, nothing changed. She was still not loved, and she knew it. She named him Simeon. Again she conceived. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, Now, at last, perhaps he'll become attached to me. Perhaps he'll like me. She's given up on the idea of him loving her. But perhaps he'll become attached to me. Because I've borne him three sons. He was named Levi. She conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, This time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. Notice there's no expectation. This time I will praise the Lord. Not now maybe he'll love me. Now maybe he'll become attached to me. No, this time. She said, I'll praise the Lord. She named him Judah and she stopped having children. Why? Because she stopped sleeping with Jacob. Now, all the while, Rachel is watching her sister drop one son after another. And Rachel is desperately trying to get pregnant. And nothing happens. So, when Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she became very jealous of her sister. She said to Jacob, Give me children or I'll die. This is your fault. (laughs) Jacob said, hey, I'm trying, I'm trying. Jacob became angry. He said, am I in the place of God who's kept you from having children? And then she said, oh, 
Here is Bilhah, my maidservant. Sleep with her so that she can bear children for me and that through her I too can build a family. Would you remember Sarah did the very same thing with Hagar? She gave him her servant Bilhah as a wife. Jacob slept with her. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. She became pregnant and bore a son. Then Rachel said, aha, God has vindicated me. He's listened to my plea and given me a son. And because of this, she named him Dan. Rachel's servant Bilhah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Rachel said, I've had a great struggle with my sister and I've won. And she named him Naphtali. Now, again, imagine life in the tent. This is not a happy household. When Leah saw that she had stopped having children because she stopped sleeping with Jacob, she took her maidservant Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. So now Jacob gets another one. Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a son. And then Leah said, Ha ha, what good fortune. I have trumped my sister. She named him Gad. Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. And Leah said, oh, how happy I am. The women will call me happy. So she named him Asher. Now during the wheat harvest, Reuben went out into the fields and found some mandrake plants, which he brought to his mother, Leah. Mandrake plants. If you look at a mandrake root, it looks like a naked man, his two legs and a penis hanging down in the center. It was thought to be an aphrodisiac, a fertility drug. So Reuben happened to find some mandrake plants and he brought it to Leah. Rachel said to Leah, give me some of your son's mandrakes. If I take those, I will have a child. She said, wasn't it enough that you took away my husband? And now you're going to take my son's mandrake so you can get pregnant? Huh, I don't think so. Very well, Rachel said. He can sleep with you tonight in return for the mandrakes. So, now remember, Leah had not had sex with Jacob for quite a while. So when Jacob came in from the fields that evening, Leah went out to meet him. She took hold of the front of his tunic, pulled him toward her, and said, You must have sex with me. I've hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he slept with her that night. Jacob is a busy guy. Well, God listened to Leah, and she became pregnant again and bore Jacob a fifth son. Leah said, God has rewarded me for giving my maidservant to my husband. And she named him Issachar. Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. Then Leah said, God has presented me with a precious gift. This time, my husband will treat me with honor. Forget love, forget attachment, honor. I've borne him six sons. So she named him Zebulun. Sometime later, she gave birth to a daughter and named her Dina the only daughter in this family. 
we'll learn about Dina a couple of podcasts from now. Then God remembered Rachel. I like that expression. It's as if God is sitting there in the heavens, in the court of heaven on his throne, and he's taking care of business, running the universe, doing this, that, and the other thing. And then he goes, oh, darn, I forgot Rachel. He listened to her and opened her womb. And she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. Rachel finally becomes pregnant. She said, God has taken away my disgrace. And she named him Joseph. And she said, may the Lord add to me another son. Well, Jacob has two wives, two maidservants, four women in total. And I like to think of this story as the battle of the dueling wives. Again, I cannot imagine what it was like to live in that family. Imagine the children growing up with all this going on. And imagine Jacob, every morning he was exhausted. <laughs> well, Jacob and the battle of the dueling wives. That brings us right to the end of today's podcast. Look forward to seeing you again on Monday. Hey, something I should note before I close. Here we are with the COVID-19 pandemic still raging even worse. And many of you, because churches and Bible study groups can't meet live anymore, are, are in want of a good Bible study. Back between 2006 and 2013, seven years, I taught verse by verse through the entire Bible, Genesis to Revelation, over that seven-year period. One of my classes in Seal Beach, California, was professionally recorded and studio edited. All of those lectures, book by book through the entire Bible, are on audible.com. Audible.com. If you go to Audible, type in the search Dr. Bill Creasy, all those books will come up, all the audio books. They're quite reasonably priced. Uh, the pricing is not something I do, it's something Audible does, but it's based upon the length of the recording. And it ranges anywhere, on average, around $8 to $10 uh, for a whole book. There are over 500 hours of lecture. I did 560 lectures, Genesis through Revelation. And, uh, and I think they're, they're, they're entertaining. Uh, that series, seven-year series, I had four to 5,000 people in class every week. And in Seal Beach, we had a class of about 400 people on a Tuesday morning. That's where all those recordings were made. And, um, and I had a lot of fun doing that course. And I'd like to share it with you here in these difficult times that we're going through with COVID-19. So go to audible.com, A-U-D-I-B-L-E.com, search Dr. Bill Creasy, and there they'll be. They have tens of thousands of five-star ratings. So I think it's good material, and, uh, and I had an awful lot of fun doing it, and I want to share it with you. Okay, blessings, folks. See you on Wednesday. Bye-bye now. Bye.